All right, everybody, welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. Fit Jackson stacked one show to rule them all, or at least one show to be a part of this great community, this lifting community, this fitness gym community that we're all a part of. And uh, I am certainly uh, blessed to be able to get on at least once every week or so to talk about some of my favorite things, of course, and that being strongman, strength sports, uh, of course, everything else too. You know, I'm a huge fan of everybody out there, powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit, Highland Games, bodybuilding, of course, everyday gym bros and gym gals and all the stuff we do within our community, not only for competition, but well, that's hopefully for health and longevity, right? Because you know, guys, I love talking about that stuff too, because I feel fantastic right now. I've been uh, losing some weight. I'm down 32 pounds. My tricep is two weeks from being, I know, like being really healed so I can start getting back under some weight again. I'm, I'm at two plates on the bench press, not too bad, lots of reps, but um, I'm making it work. And I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to, uh, you know, pick a show maybe to start getting ready for again or just enjoy this summer at a really lean body weight and just feel good and healthy. You know, I, a guy asked me what my goals were the other day in the gym. Uh, I think right now it's to look younger than I really am and to uh, look good while I'm doing porn, figuratively speaking, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> I want to look good, period. And uh, I think uh, that's a good goal for anybody. Uh, certainly coming off an injury in this time of year, summer, right? I mean, we're right in the thick of it, it feels like already. It's been hotter than a Dickens out there all across our nation. And we finally got some rain, thank goodness. But it seemed like everything was on fire there for a minute. And uh, we had some good thunderstorms the last couple of days because it was starting to get kind of hairy out there. I mean, geez, oh, Pete's everything was burning. And then we're all worried about, well, with fireworks and bonfires and campfires and all that kind of stuff you know whether or not we're going to be able to do that while we're on vacation or enjoying our summer so good to see the rain coming in i knew we were going to get it but it was it seemed like everything was burning for a while soot was everywhere around here even from those canadian uh, wildfires that were kind of blowing this direction for a bit uh, you walk out to your car in the morning and be this like layer it almost looked like pollen or something and it was really soot so uh, yeah not really good air to breathe either right so nice to have that kind of out of our way for now and Hopefully we can, uh, yeah, get things a little moister in the future so we don't have to worry about catching on fire all the time. But summer is here, and, uh, of course, Strongman is in full effect. USS Nationals was last weekend, and uh, I'll talk about that a bit today. We're going to talk about USS Nationals. Got some things to say, you know, subjectively, of course, my opinion on the show. As you guys know, I'm, I don't hold back. I don't hold a, uh, an alliance or an allegiance with anybody in particular outside of just truth and honesty when it comes to the way that I perceive our sport. Uh, and I certainly don't get involved in the politics of this sport. Uh, there's a lot of drama in Strongman, and I want no part of it. Um, and I'll just give you my kind of objective viewpoint from these shows from, uh, well, from different perspectives. As a former promoter and an athlete, uh, there's things that I kind of pick up on, and I talk to a lot of people. Let's be clear. Uh, I have this group of people that I'm very close to that we have these conversations in some depth. They changed my mind and opinion on a few things. Uh, gave me some insights. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to USS Nationals, uh, but I did uh, get to watch a lot of it online, and uh, I think I can give a, I, I can give an opinion on it for sure. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, then, I'm, of course, I'm going to do uh, uh, the U64 rankings. Guess what? Surprise, the U64 rankings. We finally got them done. That's right, guys. This is <laughs> as easy as we thought the U64s were going to be. And mind you, there's that first five or six, I, boy, it would be hard for a lot of you guys to argue that. I, I really believe that. It gets really, really tight when you're talking about the next five or five to six competitors or five to ten, you know, four or five competitors. Uh, it really did because we know that U64 class is just stacked. There's a, a show this weekend in Denver, Colorado, of course, that's going to be the really first big show of the year to get a lot of these ladies together. That will lend to the thought of that re-ranking, right? If this doesn't come out the way we want it to. Uh, or I should say, as we predicted it, uh, that's the whole point of these first rankings, I guess, is they they kind of get it right a little bit, but they're very subjective because they're very difficult to rank when we haven't really seen a lot of these top-level women compete uh, in some time. So you know, being a bigger show, as many of them do, they only compete at these type of shows, that PSL U64 event is going to kind of kick that off for us with our rankings for our U64s. So just in the nick of time, we get this out for you guys, and I'll share that here in a minute with you as well. Uh, then, of course, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, just some other things going on in the summertime. Uh, maybe a good segue to that right now because I'll get that out first because I, 
you know, there's a lot of things going on in the summertime, a lot of big events out there. Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch that I could have written down and I didn't. One of them comes to mind, like the Central States, of course, that Masters competition. Uh, of course, PSL is a part of that one now. Uh, the World Strength Games and what, what Ralph Avalon's doing with uh, coming off of Ragnarok and producing that show. Um, of course, U90 Classic, you Luke Davies over in England, a couple off the top of my head, Strongman uh, Corp Regionals are going to start up soon. Uh, OSG Qualifying is going to start up soon. Uh, Shaw Classics coming on down the road. There is a lot of big things that happen in a course of about three or four months in the strongman community, and we're just now kicking it off, and a lot of you guys are getting ready out there. But one show in particular that I need to make light of right now, uh, because it's that time of year, guys, uh, say hello to the Great Lakes Strongest Man. You're back, baby. That's right. George Bullard is, is doing it again. Uh, as many of you know, it's my favorite show out there. Uh, as far as an amateur promoted show goes, and it's not because George Bullard happens to be one of my best friends, and he is. Uh, it's simply because he produces one of the best shows on the planet. Uh, and it just so happens to be in my backyard, three and a half hours away, and I don't have to drive a mile to it, which is not, or, you know, a thousand miles to it, which is nice. And uh, not only that, it's, it's just the biggest and baddest event uh, when it comes to amateur promotions, and I would argue against most professional promotions. Uh, around period um, end of discussion there's yet to be a promoter otherwise that can prove me wrong and there's many of you out there that are my friends that do a great job promoting and I champion you on all the time however George Bullard is still leading the way as far as I'm concerned with one of the best if not the best and biggest promotion in the United States and globally when it comes to amateur promotions within the strongman community and now uh, in the CrossFit community that's right now uh, that's <laughs> That's what makes this show great every year is it just keeps getting bigger and better. You know, George is a part of this promoter group that we have out there. Uh, another person that comes to mind right away is Derek Owens, who continue to produce show after show each year better and better than previous shows. And, and that's kind of the whole point behind promoting, you know. I, don't get me wrong. Some of these shows that just remain at a good, steady, good pace, there's nothing wrong with that. We never want to go backwards. But when it comes to producing a show that's going to bring more uh, spectators into our community and make more of a, a place or a destination for athletes, that's when these shows become really special. And the Great Lakes show, Great Lakes Strongest Man, now on its fifth year up there in Traverse City, I think fifth, right, George? Fifth, yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it has become now widely known throughout the United States and beyond. And for good reason. Every year, George makes that show bigger and better. And I got there last year. They included the USS uh, Pro. Um, I, 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 you guys know I don't. I don't follow that awful, awful much. I, I'm not quite sure how it all works, but they added the USS Pro thing to it last year, um, which was cool. Very cool. Uh, Steve Isles was there. Chad Coy was there. These are friends of mine. I love these guys. So it was really good to see them. Um, on top of that, uh, he's also done things more logistically that are tighter. Uh, he's got in a bigger spectating audience through the marketing that he does up there in Traverse City. And then I, then I go, go along with all that, he brings in the biggest and best sponsors that anybody can bring in out there, including some of these pro shows. It's amazing to me what George does with the sponsors in particular because now his show has become such a, uh, a hot item when it comes to not only sponsors within our strongman community but locally. And listen, guys, if you're a promoter out there and you can't get the local sponsors on board, well, you have to kind of retool things a little bit to get them more involved for sure. But George doesn't have a problem with that. There are people lined up out there to be a part of this show every year, and his phone is ringing before he makes the phone calls. Uh, which just bodes well for the type of work that he does up there to set himself up for success. Then on top of that, he goes outside of our strongman community, outside of the local community, and he talks to these sponsors that we want to get involved in our sport at a higher level, like you know, more recently, Axon Sledge. Who doesn't know Axon Sledge? And Seth Ferrosi and everything that he does for the bodybuilding community. So George has really created a really cool template for a great show up there every year, and I always ask myself, how much better can it get? Uh, and he does it again this year. He brings in the Great Lakes Fittest to kind of pull a, a little bit of a rogue invitational thing off on this show this year where he's got an official CrossFit event. That's a team event that's going to bring in 100-plus CrossFit competitors that are going to be on this baseball field, the Traverse City Pit Spitters at Turtle Creek Stadium, which, by the way, is one of the most beautiful uh, pro baseball stadiums around. I think it's like double A ball. And... Uh, it, it could be a professional park anywhere else as well. At a higher level, it is the most beautiful backdrop to host a show 
outside of maybe some of these stadiums or these huge event centers that like the CrossFit Games or maybe Shaw Classic and some of these other ones have access to. Um, and I would even argue that because with the backdrop of Traverse City, the lakes, the beautiful blue sky and all that, uh, no rain, right, George? No rain. Um, it doesn't get any better for a spectator to be a part of that scene up there at the end of the summer. And this year he's bringing in CrossFit to be a part of that. So not only did this audience of uh, hundreds of spectators, I think we had about 450 or 500 last year, it's going to double or triple in size because you know how these CrossFitters travel. Uh, not only is there going to be 100-plus competitors coming in to mix with 150 strongman competitors across this baseball field, right? He's going to have strongman on one side of it, and the CrossFitters are going to be doing all their stuff most likely within the outfield. Uh, it is going to be an amazing spectacle to watch. And this has now become a destination uh, for an entire fitness community up there because having CrossFit a part of this, as we all know out there, is a huge thing when it comes to our sport because these audiences cross over because they relate. And many of those athletes cross over too, both from strongman to CrossFit and CrossFit to strongman. So it's a perfect marriage. George pulled it off. He's got CrossFit involved, of course, as an official CrossFit Games up there uh, or this team event. Uh, now 150 strongman competitors of the highest caliber uh, in our open classes, uh, our in all weight classes, of course, men's and women. And, of course, his novice class, which is always huge every year, that brings in a new crop of strong men and strong women uh, within our sport, which is the perfect caveat to all of this when it comes to um, you know, how big that show is and what it means to not only the strongman community, but now that Traverse City community more than ever. Maybe I'll let this out of the bag, George. I think I will. I don't think it's going to hurt your odds because I think you're going to have success with it despite the fact that I'm going to mention it today. But I just had a conversation with George on the phone uh, a couple days ago, and he was really excited about having the Traverse City Tourism Bureau or whatever that organization is, right, that runs this tourism for these cities all around the uh, United States in particular. Well, Traverse City is a big destination, guys. Uh, it's a global destination for a lot of people because of the wineries and the Great Lakes, the bays, of course, the Traverse City bays up there, um, and and of course the, the Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes just off to the uh, off to the west there on Lake Michigan, and just a plethora of other tourist opportunities are there, including camping and fishing and hiking and hunting and all that kind of stuff up there in the Great North or the Gold Coast of Michigan up there in the tip of the thumb or tip of the mitt. Um, the tourism is huge up there. So to have Traverse City Tourism or the city of Traverse City want to talk to George about making that event now uh, and supporting that event, not just from supporting it on the local radio station or a couple television promos, but to make that a part of their calendar year up there every year and to bring more light to our strongman community in this promotion, it doesn't get any bigger than that. I mean, this is an opportunity now that most promoters would, I mean, geez, oh, pizza, there's no amount of money. If they had it, they would pay for it because it's just an opportunity to, to bring in that many more people to their event and give an opportunity for an event like this to get that much bigger, to make it a bigger destination, not only for spectators, but competitors alike. Uh, and uh, I understand that meetings this week, and I have no doubt George is going to nail this down. And it's going to become a part of that community moving forward up there with a hundred percent support of that community with everything it does to not only uh, uh, give some press to this show, but to really get it out there within kind of their own budget and their own calendar to let everybody know throughout the Great Lakes community and beyond that we are going to be hosting the Great Lakes Strongest Man, Great Lakes Fittest in Traverse City, Michigan annually. Um, so once again, George, congratulations. I know you're going to get that done. And that's just a testament to the kind of show that is up there. If you're going to spend money and you're going to go to a show and you're a competitor, first and foremost, it has to be a destination. It has to be something special, right? Because it's a fortune to fucking travel anymore. It's, a, it's, it's ridiculous, and you're almost really budgeting yourself annually now to get to some of these events that you need to get to, let alone the local shows, uh, because, again, that's, that's, it still costs you money. Uh, whether that's an entry or an organizational fee, uh, gas, uh, you know, food, uh, a hotel room generally. It's not cheap to do these sports. And when you make things that are a bit further out, a point on the calendar, uh, you want to be wowed by them. And uh, George is going to do that up there again this year for Great Lakes 5 uh, at the uh, Turtle Creek Stadium in Traverse City with all that he has going on. Uh, yeah, so there, there's my promo for Great Lakes. But I'm excited about it, of course, 
because I get to commentate this event live on ADL Live uh, this year, uh, which is, dude, that's a highlight to my year. Uh, being able to commentate the sport that I love uh, and lend my insights to uh, you know, all of you out there maybe who are spectating this uh, great sport of ours that don't know a lot about it. Uh, I have the pleasure of co-commentating with Panda, uh, who's going to bring her insights as well. And we are a great co-hosting team, I guarantee it, because uh, I have such good chemistry with her. And we can't wait to do this for you guys. And, of course, I love it because it's my backyard. I'm very familiar with these athletes at a bigger level than I am with everybody else uh, across the country and globally. Uh, and I'll be able to lend some personal insights to it that I think could entertain everybody a little bit as well and certainly lend to the pageantry and the experience of that Great Lakes uh, Strongest Man, Great Lakes Fittest this year. The CrossFit, I'm a little bit concerned about. <laughs> I don't know a ton about that. The events, no problem. I think I'm going to give that chunk to Panda, of course, because she's pretty versed in CrossFit. As you know, she's a crossover athlete. Uh, but I'll do my homework and research prior to. Uh, make sure I get it done right and at least lend uh, maybe some uh, levity to it uh, that I know maybe some of you guys would appreciate when it comes to these sports as well. So we'll see. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, big shout out to uh, Jake Harmon, by the way, before I get into my USS stuff. He won the super heavyweight overall title at USS Nationals this year. So uh, four-time Great Lakes Strongest Man champion, uh, several other titles that he held within the local area. Uh, I think over the last couple of years, people have questioned Jake in respect to whether he could get the job done at a national level. Guess what? He proved them all wrong. Uh, he just won USS Nationals, and uh, he's on his way to bigger and better things if he chooses to do it, or maybe he'll just go back to the Great Lakes, which I know he is again this year, to uh, try to uh, hold on to his title for the fifth year in a row, which I think is great within itself, and he needs to be there for that, and I love that about Jake. Uh, even though he won USS National, he's like, fuck it, I'm going to defend my title, and he should uh, because that is a great title to hold. As far as I'm concerned, it's as big of a title as it is anywhere else to hold that title. Uh, including nationals. And I would argue Great Lakes might even be better than that uh, because it just comes with a bit more of uh, 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 prestige to it, a bit more lore to it because many guys have tried and many guys have failed over the last few years. Uh, by the way, this year there's a bounty on Jake Harmon, $1,000 to any guy that can beat him. So for those of you out there listening to this that are super heavyweights that want to make 1000 bucks, uh, come up to the Great Lakes and beat Jake Harmon. The show is full. There's 150 people that are involved in the show right now. But I guarantee you, if you're a guy that gets a hold of George Bullard and you say, I'm going to take down Jake Harmon, make an exception, let me in this show, I have a sneaky suspicion he'll do that for you guys. So uh, I, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see the show, the pageantry of it, the CrossFit, uh, commentate the show, be up there in Traverse City, and watch Jake Harmon defend his title. Um, I am going to interview Jake, got a hold of him. And uh, he's the guy that, I, boy, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this interview. I'm not going to lie. Jake is not the most outspoken character when it comes to strongman. As many of you uh, know out there that have seen him compete, he's very reserved in his own corner. Uh, he doesn't give you a lot when it comes to an outgoing nature of his personality, which is really kind of crazy, right? Because many of us know Jake on TikTok, on Instagram, and all the crazy antics he does is Stone Bear 369. Uh, he's a tale of two different people. Uh, when that guy competes, uh, he is certainly in his zone, and you can't pull him out of it, and I think that's why he's so successful too. He's not distracted by anything, uh, very methodical in the way he approaches the sport, and he has a hell of a lot of fun on all that other stuff. Uh, so maybe we'll pull him out of his shell a little bit in the strongman stuff, and we'll talk a little bit about 369, uh, Stone Bear that is, and all the great stuff he's doing there online and on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and he's involved in everything, guys. And guy's literally an influencer. And uh, that's going to be a fun conversation. So get ready. Jake's making his schedule work for me. He's very busy this time of year. And uh, we're going to get him on soon. So hold tight. If not, we'll get him on up there in Traverse City. I'll talk to him for an hour the day before the show after weigh-ins or something. So we'll get that done. So Great Lakes Strongest Man. Can't wait. Uh, one more quick shout-out here today is to Feats of Strength 2. Uh, that is the uh, Kalamazoo show. Uh, for the uh, 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 feats of strength, that would be uh, Jeremy. I can't remember your last name now. Darn it! And I should have wrote down in my notes. No surprise, right? I do this for everybody all the time. I get George's dates wrong for his show. Yours, I believe, is August twelfth, August fourteenth. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna look right now just because I owe that to you for messing up your last name. It is going to be August twelfth. Uh, that's the date of that show, and I'm gonna be co-commentating that show with uh, Inez Catasquillo, 
Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that's at Raw Strength in Kalamazoo, and I think they just changed the venue. I saw the post, Jeremy. You changed the venue to a brewery, which is super cool. That's going to be a big show in its second year because everything that Jeremy does there at Raw Strength is big. He brings in strongman pros and powerlifting pros. He had Ed Cohn there, I believe. Uh, I know he had Inez there for a uh, seminar not too long ago. He's always doing things within the powerlifting community, powerlifting events, uh, different types of, uh, uh, of course, strongman events and everything else he's got going on there. He really is making that raw strength in Kalamazoo a destination gym, which I love. So if you're a competitor, you're within the strength community, uh, that's where you want to be. Uh, super cool, including Highland Games, I think. I thought I seen something where we had some Highland Games training going on there as well. But I'll get some more information from Jeremy on everything that he's got going on there at Raw Strength for all you folks within the Great Lakes community that can make that a part of uh, you know part of your calendar sometime during uh, during the year. Certainly that Raw uh, Strength Two uh, feats of Raw Strength uh, or feats of strength, excuse me. Uh, that's going to be a great event. So I look forward to that as well. So that's a couple things that I got on my calendar uh, for the uh, summertime. And uh, after that, I just don't know, honestly. Uh, at this point, uh, things are tight, man. Things are really tight. It's a cost of travel is just stupid out there. It really is. Um, get to the point anymore where uh, it, it, it's really just a testament to how much these folks love our sport sometimes as much as they spend to travel to get to where they need to go to compete. Which I'll talk about that here next. Let me uh, take a drink of water. Um, all that rambling about Great Lakes. Although I love it. Can you guys tell I'm excited about it? I am every year. I've kind of been holding back. I caught some flack from you guys last year because I started talking about it like in February. <laughs> I ran out of shit to talk about by like May. I had to fire myself back up again. But I told George this year, I said, I'm not starting till June, man. I, I'm not going to do it till I know summer's here. Uh, there's just too much good stuff to talk about. But I will have him on like I do every year, and we'll talk about this show. And uh, uh, he'll lend some, uh, I know he'll lend some fire to this conversation for sure. So USS Nationals. This is a, oh boy, here I go. But listen, guys, I want to preface this by saying to you, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings out there. Not that any of you care, right? I know you're all tougher than that. You got thicker skin than that, right? I hope. Uh, I don't play politics in this sport. Um, I know a lot of folks that are my friends uh, that I will say things about stuff they do if it falls into the realm of something to talk about when it comes to a promotion or something, right? It's it's kind of public knowledge. We want to have these conversations. So this is a bit of a review. That's all it is, just a review. And you know that I mentioned it before on other shows that I did. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. So don't get your panties into a bunch out there. This is just a little constructive criticism. And if you want to review my show, go ahead. Tell me I'm an asshole. I don't care. If that's what you really believe, then send it my way. And maybe I'll change a few things to make myself format a little better for you. But in any case... I mean, we have to have these conversations, right? And there's some things that I liked about the show, and there's a list of things that I scratched my head about and a couple things I didn't like. Um, so, yeah, no reason to get too upset over this. Um, however, I will say this. It seems to me there, and within our community, the strongman community and men and women in, in our community that compete, they're very humble. They're very quiet. It's almost as if they're afraid to speak out about things because they feel privileged or lucky to be able to compete. And I'll tell you right now, guys, those days are over. And what I mean is promoters are lucky to have you compete. Remember that. Uh, and to be a part of these shows because uh, it's the athletes that make these shows. It's not the promotions and it's not the organizations. And you need to demand more. And I'm going to say that um, as kind of a prelude to this conversation. You just need to demand more. We can't at the cost of things today and within our community to do things. When we spend a lot of money on a show, and, and, and I'll, I'll use USS Nationals as an example, $150 entry on this show in Texas. If you didn't live somewhere within a three or four hour, five, six, eight hour driving distance, you're buying a plane ticket to get there. And then when you're there, you're probably staying for at least two, probably three nights. So it's 2000 bucks to go to this competition, which for most of you guys out there that competed there or are considering to compete in the future, it would be the most expensive show that you've ever done. So by default, it should be the best show that you've ever done. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, it should. It should resonate with every one of you out there because when you're spending the kind of hard-earned money that you guys spend to go to these shows, you have to demand these shows to be better than what they're doing in respect to how they're being, being produced. And some of the things I saw at the USS Nationals through a lot of time watching it on the internet, 
And then, of course, talking to you to verify some of these things with many people that I know that went to this show, uh, it's worth mentioning because, quite honestly, if I was a competitor at the show and I competed there and I spent that kind of money, I want to come away with an experience I'll never forget. And I don't believe a lot of you did. And I don't believe a lot of you are even going to say anything about it. Uh, so I'm going to say some things for you right now. So first off, let me get to the stuff I loved about USS Nationals. Uh, they got the time right this year. I'll give them credit for that. 600 and competitors, at least I counted it. I heard some things back and forth. Finally, I just went on Iron Podium. I counted down the spots. I think I counted 603. Of course, that gets difficult to do after a while, right? Guys, you start getting blurry a little bit in your eyes. But I think it was 603, roughly 100 Masters competitors, 100 plus, which I love, by the way. A perfect example of our sport growing and people training smarter, better, and staying in the sport longer. We love our sport being generational. So that I love. That was one of the highlights for me was how big that master's class was. Shout out to you, Albie Mosheny. Uh, he won the 50-plus USS Nationals, uh, and he said he was going to. He was going there for that reason. Uh, he's been recovering from injuries over the last couple of years. He had a tough go at it. Uh, I've talked to Albie a little bit in some of the stuff that we've done and heard some of his conversations. So congratulations, Albie. That was uh, really cool to see. Albie did a Christmas special with me last year, uh, so he's always been a guy that I've looked out for since, and I love to see that, and he deserved it. And not only did he win it, according to the points, he won it in pretty impressive fashion as well. So congratulations, Albie. So the Masters class was awesome, men and women alike. Uh, true testament to our sport, the growth of our sport, and the retention of our sport, keeping athletes involved uh, later in life. Let's face it. Uh, we need our master's competitors. It makes for better competitions, and it makes for some exciting competitions anymore. Uh, our teen classes. I uh, had a teen class there. Uh, I know Strongman Corp does a teen uh, nationals, I think, and if I'm not mistaken, they still do the teen nationals and they do a nationals. I have no problem with that. That's no knock on strongman corp. I, they might have a lot more teenage competitors than maybe USS does. I know USS had quite a few, but I like the fact that teens compete with all of our other classes in large part because if I was a teen, uh, there's a lot of people I look up to in the sport that may not be just on world's strongest man that do great feats of strength that I want to witness them or I want to meet them or I want to compete next to them if I train with them. So I really think that's really cool that teens are a part of this event as well. Uh, and then, of course, I mentioned the time. When you have 600-plus competitors and you get, a, get it done within eight hours, which I think it did. The women off went off a little sooner. Men came on. Overall, they got the contest done about 8 o'clock that night, and I think it was roughly eight, seven or eight hours uh, for both those flights going off. Not bad. Um, way better than nationals of the past, that's for sure. Um, nobody wants to do a 12-hour show. Eight's pushing it. Still better, though. That's that's moving in the right direction. I'm not sure with that many competitors how much quicker you can get it done. However, I'll keep going back to USS, or excuse me, Great Lakes Strongest Man. 150 competitors up there annually, if not more. That show is always done within four hours, and that's four lanes. Uh, I believe that there are six lanes up there. Obviously, logistically, that would be... Uh, you know, more volunteers, more apparatus, those type of things. I don't care how many more competitors they add. I still believe George could get it done in four or five hours. Um, so there is there is a way to tighten these things up. However, I don't think anybody's complaining about seven-hour show. Nobody is, not for nationals, compared to years past, that is. Outside of that, I'm really having a tough time coming up with other reasons to really love this show. Again, I I, I want to make sure that my point is here heard loud and clear that when we talk about nationals in any sport, powerlifting, uh, I guess CrossFit regionals or however they describe it, um, Highland Games, if there's a, a, however they describe it, uh, whatever sport that may be within our lifting community, you expect a production. You expect the best show you're going to go to because you're spending a fortune to go to it. And by default, we should see the best apparatus. We should see the best events. We should see things logistically perfect, the opportunities to warm up, the, the, the expediters, uh, prize packages, uh, goodie bags, uh, the pageantry of the show. Everything should be the best if you're talking about a nationals, the biggest show that many of these folks, guys and gals alike, will ever compete at outside of maybe an invite here or there or maybe a, a you know what I'm saying, the Arnold or something, if you, if you make it to that show, again, as an invite. Um, and I, I don't even, I, I, I Arnold, I, I don't even know why I even said that, because honestly, we all know that's not a great show anyhow. But you know what I'm saying. This should be the best show out there. Uh, it wasn't. It just wasn't. 
Um, first off, I will say this. I'll kind of go down my list. There's too many classes in USS. There's too many classes. Uh, I'm going to read them off to you guys, see if you can stay with me here. And I, I, I'm not sure what the logic is behind this, but you have the uh, for the women, right? 123 and under, 165 and under. You got the super heavyweight. You got the super weight, heavyweight over 242, super heavyweight plus, whatever that is. Uh, then you have the open men, heavyweight, open men, super heavyweight, 198 and under, 181 and under, 148 and under, 132 and under. Or I'm sorry. Let me back up again. See, that's how confusing this is. Here's the women: 123 and under, 165 and under, super heavyweight, super heavyweight over 242, uh, open heavyweight, 198 class, 181 class, 148 class, 132 class. Okay, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight or nine classes in the women. And then for the men, we have the 275 under, three, 308 plus, 308 under, 198 under, 220 under, um, 242 under, 181 under. I mean, a pounds, of course, as you guys are probably understanding that. Uh, again, I, I don't understand these classes. And I, I say that because now they'll take the scoring of these classes and they uh, you can be you can be a, a second place finisher in a heavyweight class, but still win the heavyweight overall because they start anyhow, I don't get all that. If one of you guys get kind of how that's done or why that's done, explain it to me. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, but there's too many classes, and not only that, the classes don't coordinate with everybody else out there in the strongman community it's like uss has got their own classes as far as their own uh divisions of of, of of weight of classes don't we recognize internationally now that classes are 64 73 82 uh what are 82 right women's uh 91 uh men's 105 men's 80 men's 90 uh super heavyweight i mean don't we recognize that internationally and if we recognize that internationally, wouldn't it make more sense than to recognize weight classes uh, across the board uh, in every organization uh, just to make an effort not to be different but to be the same because we all appreciate that because we cross lines when it comes to competition. And it makes more sense from a, I guess, I guess for myself, right? I'll be, I'll be a little selfish from understanding it a little easier. I get 220 is roughly 240-ish or 220 is like a 110 kilo class, I guess. I mean, it just doesn't fit. So there's no point behind that. I don't want to harp on that too much. It just seems like a little, I mean, I don't get it. There's just a lot too many classes, right? Let's narrow that down a bit. First, so that's the first thing. That's not much. I almost feel petty by even mentioning that, to be honest with you. The second one is implements. Uh, a real issue with this one because I don't understand if we're going to USS Nationals or any Nationals for that matter, wouldn't you say that you're going to use the best implements around? The promoter is going to produce some implements that are just going to blow your mind. Um, give you an example. The axle bars they use were Schedule 40 pipe, hollow pipe axle bars. We all know what those are because most of us, that's all we can afford for our home gym or that's all we can afford or the gym owner will afford to buy for you to use at his gym. Uh, they're bent up to shit. They're, they're not good to use. It's, I mean, it doesn't take long before you, you, know, you, you're, you literally have bent them too much where it, you, to clean them is even more difficult. Um, What's the point? Why wouldn't they do a solid bar, a neural bar there? Uh, again, it's it's USS Nationals. I want an opportunity if I'm spending this much money to go to a competition where the promoter has put together events that I get to use, No, at least for most of us, don't have an opportunity to compete with anywhere else. Um, things that I see on TV with some of the professional uh you know, organizations or the, the higher level giants of the world and the WSMs and even, you know, PSLs or, or some of these other events that are out there that provide some equipment that is just top notch. I, I would think that I'm, the money that I'm spending deserves that. I would think. Does anybody's, anybody see any problem with that besides me? So that's a big issue that I have there. I mean, come on. You had to buy eight axle bars. Why not buy eight? neural solid axle bars i don't understand it they're not like crazy expensive however it wasn't done uh the second issue i had with implements was uh was the uh coin hold if i'm going to a nationals competition and the best you can come up with is a coin hold like a I, many of you guys know a hammer hold out there right or a plate hold or a hammer hold anything out in front of you two arms extended is that the best you can come up with is a coin hold uh, again, uh, am I missing something here, guys? Out of all the events that are known in Strongman, all the cool events that some show of this caliber and at this level could have done, 
the best thing they're going to do is a coin hold or, or one of the five events is going to be a coin hold. I tried to understand that logistically, like, well, maybe they did it because of time. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense because most people hold that for a significant amount of a minute, right? 30 seconds, 40 seconds up to a minute. So that's not going to speed things up by any stretch. Um, logistically space. Well, I mean, again, you're standing there. There's a lot of things statically you could do. I mean, honestly, uh, I don't see any reason for it from a logistical viewpoint why they would have had a coin hold other than just to make it easy on ourselves to do a fucking coin hold. I don't get it. And nor do I want my USS National Champions, arguably supposed to be some of the best athletes in the United States and the world for that matter, competing, winning and losing over a freaking coin hold. Certainly the one of the more subjectively judged events out there. As many of you know, if you watch these videos and the disparity between where guys' arm placement was as to where they could lower it before they were, uh, you know, called out, um, and to no knock on the judges again, it's a very subjective event to judge. So how could you get it right across the board with uh, several lanes running with several different judges, all kind of in their own way determining what that space is where you can drop, where you're allowed to stay in or allowed. Or, or whether you're called out, uh, because we all know that if we've ever done that hammer hold, uh, it's a sm it's a fine line. I can drop my arm an inch and I can find a happy spot again, or you know what I'm saying. So it's it's not the best event to find your overall champion at a USS Nationals or any Nationals for that matter. So that was a big disappointment. Um, what was the other one? The other disappointment that I had. Wagon wheel was good. I didn't mind that. So there you go. That's a positive. Uh, the wagon wheel 18 inch was fine. And we all know that's a very staple event within strongman. And that's something guys would see above and beyond nationals and get an opportunity to use throughout the year. And that's generally a crowd favorite, uh, because some guys can pull some serious weight on that. Um, yeah, this is the other one, the five lever deadlift guys. I don't know where this all started at out there. And maybe I'm the only one that will say this, but that is a stupid event. I'm going to be I'm I am i am going to either win or lose that event based on how quickly I can reattach a, a handle to a to a you know an eyelet. I mean, listen, if your dexterity is a little off, which I I would argue that we all have a problem with that in the gym on the multi station, that could cost me the event for one to have to move a handle five times down a essentially a, a piece of steel or a log or something. And then secondly, it's not very favorable as far as a spectating event goes because none of us really know what really the weight is once you move down to that fifth eyelet. I, I don't know. I see what's on the end. It generally goes up pretty easy the first couple. But from a spectating point of view, isn't that kind of the whole point to have that resonate with your audience a bit is to go, wow, how much is that weight? I've heard guys talk about it after the event going, I have no clue what that weight. That's not what we want to hear in Strongman. We want to know what the weight is. And certainly if we're spectating, we want to know what the weight is. Uh, you know, At least after we do it, like, oh, that was 1,000 pounds. It was tough as shit. I, again, I, I don't know why we're doing this five-lever deadlift stuff. Uh, it certainly is a kind of a, a version of a Ukrainian. I know a lot of guys trained it like that. And uh, I think I've seen it around now in some home gyms and things, which is great. I think it's a great home gym apparatus as an easy way to kind of add weight through leverage and have some fun in training. But to make that a part of an actual event, I know a few of you guys have done that out there in some smaller events. It's not a national-worthy event. And again, maybe that had something to do with the setup. Maybe that had something to do with the space that they were utilizing there. But that's no excuse either because if you know you're expecting 600 people to compete, uh, you better do it at a venue that allows you the space to choose any type of apparatus that you want to use and money should be no excuse if i have eight lanes running whatever i need i should be able to build i should be or i should be able to consign or i should be able to buy somewhere um so that is no excuse so the events were very very disappointing um another thing that they had a problem with that i didn't like that i heard were the grip shirts that they made everybody buy that come to find out they really didn't even need to buy them because they're the same damn shirts they bought two years ago uh, if that's not true, then somebody tell me out there. But from what I understand, the promoter made everybody buy a $50 grip shirt that they didn't really need to use because it was the same grip shirt they bought two years prior. Um, I, I Listen, you can speculate on that all you want. I've already done my speculation. I know how that shit works. So that not very cool at all. Um, and that's another 50 bucks that nobody needed to spend that everybody's now spending on something they obviously could have saved money on or use it somewhere else. 
Uh, the third thing was, or the fifth thing or sixth, whatever I'm on, too many fucking zeros. Um, guys, go on Iron Podium and look at the results for USS Nationals. And we complained about this before collectively on other shows when we talked to a lot of you guys, or I did in the past, that one of the biggest problems you have with bigger shows like USS Nationals or any Nationals for that matter, just to be clear, is that the amount of people that zero at these shows. Now, whose fault is that? Well, um, it shouldn't be your promoter's fault. I get that. How, you're running a national-level show. So if you're running a national-level show, you're expecting the best competitors from around the United States competing at your show. And providing that's true, then they all should be capable of a certain amount of weight, right, to reach that upper echelon of competition. Uh, so let's break that down for a minute. If you're competing at nationals, you should be one of the better competitors in the nation because you've earned your spot at nationals. Now, in powerlifting, how you get the nationals through a dot score. You can't even sniff nationals unless you're capable of moving so much weight. Um, that's, that's how you do it there. It seems they have a better formula, doesn't it? Because nobody is, is, is well, like certainly is powerlifting. You're going to start where you want to start. But at Strongman, you can't have a nationals where, oh, by the way, 33 zeros, 33 guys in the minus the under 308 class, which I believe only had 60 competitors. So over 50% of the guys zeroed on the axle cleaning press. In the plus 308 class, 25 guys zeroed on that event. Now, I didn't even go through the other classes. I think you get my point. That's a ton of zeros. Over 50% of the field didn't get one rep with the axle clean and press. Now, I heard I heard that the guys had little time to warm up, if any. And before you knew it, they were being put in the line to go into the axle clean and press. In some cases, 60 guys deep. So let's imagine that for a minute. You have 60 guys lined up to wait their turn to press an axle. You're probably standing in that line. Well, if every guy runs in a minute, you could be there technically an hour. So you're not having any time to warm up. And even if you did and you were on the back of that line, good luck. I mean, you need to warm up again, don't you? So there's a breakdown there. But let's get back to this whole qualified for nationals thing. Because I, I still, guys, and some of you might get pissed at me. I get it. The axle was pretty heavy in that particular class. I think it was 305 pounds. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you're a national level guy, even with little to no warm up, you should be able to muster one rep, I would think. And a lot of you guys are going to hate me for saying that, but I don't think a lot of you guys are going to argue with me either. You should be able to at least get one rep, cheap warm up or not. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what happened there. So where's the breakdown? Well, the breakdowns happen in one of two places. Either, well, it's happening in the first place. They're making it too easy to qualify for nationals. So to me, that's a money grab. If you're just letting everybody qualify for nationals, then you have the concept of wanting to or the intent of wanting to have the best competition to represent amateur strongman isn't happening. You're simply just saying, I want as many entries as I could possibly get to throw a show off. I believe that's actually more of the truth of it, to be honest with you. Um, and the second thing is, if you identify the fact that this is what you're doing, if in fact that is what's going on, then you should probably take into account you're letting a lot of guys and gals compete at nationals that probably aren't as strong as they need to be, so you better lower the weight a little bit if you want a better competition. And I get it. There's no right answer to that, right, guys? The right answer would be make sure you're qualifying uh, better you're stronger athletes, and if you're doing that, you have to limit the number of participants that actually go to these shows. You have to. Whether you like it or not, you have to limit that. So now it becomes, well, less of a money grab, but more of a fucking actual competition because ultimately, if you're not getting at least half the field that's completing the first event, there's a ton of disparity there, and nobody's catching up. And chances are, if a guy's not good enough to do a press at that weight for one at nationals, then more likely he's going to struggle in other events unless he's just flat out a shitty presser, which I guess I guess it happens from time to time. But more than likely, that's indicative of a guy that's just not strong enough yet to compete at that level. So, uh, you know, th there's a real question marks here, and I'm saying it for all of you out there, that if we have this big of a field at nationals, the largest show to represent amateur strongmen and strong women out there, then what is the fucking problem? If it's not just a money grab to grab entry fees, because certainly they're not getting guys and gals that are qualified to compete at that high level if they can't muster a single rep in a, a, any one particular event. 
Now, I get it. There are some one-offs to that. If you had, and, and my friend Luke Davies would say it best, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the shit out of him right now because I can't remember exactly how he said it, but you're going you're gonna to kind of come up with a number that best suits the entire field. You're going to have a, some guys that are going to have an easier time with it that are going to pull off 10 or 12 reps, but a majority of your field is going to fall into that you know, 3 to 10 rep range where you might only have a few outliers then that come up with a zero. Uh, that's strong, man. Okay, we can't make it easy for everybody, but when you make it so where you allow anybody to qualify, no matter how strong they really are to compete at a level of competition like nationals, then you better not have 50% of the field fucking zeroing. Uh, anyhow, uh, I can go on from there because the axle, the, the wagon wheel deadlift wasn't much better at se at 700 pounds in those classes. And, and I think in the 220 class in particular, there was a lot more guys that struggled. But this was a common uh, a, a common thing across most of the events. And I, well, I should say just particularly those two, because most likely everybody at a coin hole is going to manage a few seconds, right? Nobody's going to zero that. Uh, nobody's going to zero the sandbag drag. However, there were, I think, a couple guys that did. Well, okay, well, there you go. That Those are the outliers. Not a ton of guys finished that event. Um, so the sandbag drag probably was realistic. At I think it was 600 pounds at that weight class. Uh, the five-lever deadlift, okay. Well, everybody's going to manage a rep or two, so not terrible. I, I'm Other than the event itself, I, I, it's not something I'm a huge fan of or the coin hold. Uh, but again, when you have the disparity you have in the wagon wheel deadlift and the axle clean and press, is the real problem then the strength of your athletes or are you just qualifying your athletes too easy? Uh, and I would think it would be the latter. You are. Um, what's the solution to that? I got one for you. Don't make it a money grab. Actually make sure there's shows that guys qualify at that they win based on the type of weight that's being performed. I mean, back in the day, Strongman Corp, and they, they still might again. I'm, I'm not versed in Strongman Corp as well as I should be. Uh, they had platinum and pro pro-am shows. If you competed at those shows, you would actually then uh, qualify, of course, to compete at nationals, but you also knew these guys were capable of doing the weight because they were essentially working with pro weight, however that's determined. Now, even the other shows, whether it was a silver gold show or a silver gold platinum, they would only allow X amount of competitors to qualify, but even that was always in question. Because if a guy is good enough to win a show or to be at that level, he shouldn't be competing at the silver shows or the low amateur shows anyhow because ultimately they shouldn't be qualifying for anything other than experience to go to another show of a higher caliber that maybe presents a different platform to launch themselves from there. So, again, I had a huge problem with that. It was, it was probably the biggest issue of the show, which leads me to my final point. Um. Well, geez, my final point, a money grab. Um, it's a money grab. I'm going to say it. Uh, yeah. Again, this is my review. I'm being subjective about this. Uh, nationals is a money grab because you're, you're telling guys to come to nationals for the best experience or what arguably should be the best experience in their entire strongman career to that point or their hobby, their sport. Because making it to the top level of any sport should be able to provide that type of atmosphere and experience for anybody. They don't get that. They don't get the best implements. They're not provided the best opportunity for success. Um, they're certainly not getting the best opportunity logistically to perform at the highest level. And they're spending a fortune to get there. And you're allowing 600 people, of course, being repetitive, to come into your show. Uh, it's a money grab. Plain and simple, it's a money grab. Uh, because they should deserve and they should get a better experience than they get at that level than any other show in the United States. Uh, so yeah, I kind of got. I'm, I'm getting a little heated about it. I got it. I'm going to make a lot of people mad out there saying it. Probably particularly USS and the promoter. Listen, I it is what it is. I'm probably not the only one saying it to themselves. I'm just voicing it on a podcast today. But it's a subjective review and an honest opinion of what's going on when it comes to some of these shows. Maybe this isn't the only one, but this is the one we're talking about today at a high level that's doing this now when it comes to strong men and strong women competing. So whose fault is it? It's your fault. All you competitors out there, it's your fault. Because you shouldn't support shows that don't provide better opportunity for you, a better experience for you, and more bang for your buck. And you're doing it time and time again. And the same result you're getting. You need to start standing up for 
who you are in the sport. You're a competitor. You're who makes this sport go round and round. And if you stand up for where you want to be and who you want to compete for, trust me when I tell you other promoters and other competitions will get on board because they need you to be there and they need you to compete. And these promoters, like George Bullard, like Chad Coy, like Jeremy, and like these others that we've spoke about on the show that go out of their way time and time again to continue to make their shows bigger and better and a better experience for all of you, you need to support shows like that more because they are going to, uh, well, they're going to pay you the way you should be paid. Short of actually a paycheck, they're going to give you an experience that you deserve. So, yeah, sorry about that. That was a rant, and I'm going to break that up. And, and it, again, I, I, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, and I'm not trying to, you know, it just sometimes some things just need to be said. That's all I'm getting at. Uh, last thing about all this, and this isn't just a USS thing. This is uh, every promoter thing, uh, but you would expect it from certain people. Uh, Strongman Corp, USS, PSL, uh, you expect it from you know, the people at the Arnold, which they do a great job of it. You expect it from Ultimate Strongman. You expect it from SCL. You expect it from uh, Giants. You expect it from World's Strongest Man. But you don't get it from all of them. And another reason why you got to question sometimes how you're spending your money. Because if you're not getting this in return, at least this in return, then what are you really doing other than just giving your money away? Social media needs to be a platform that's utilized by every big promoter out there or small to give as much value to this sport as they possibly can, let alone the athletes. The athletes deserve it. They compete hard, they train hard, and they spend their money. They don't make anything doing this sport. So at the very least, you can give them a little press, some accolades for what they've done and how they've trained and how they've performed. Show their videos. Show some of the event. Show them on the podium. Talk about them. Do your own review. Give them some love. And I never see that. I shouldn't say I never see that. I didn't see a lot of it here at all. And it, it really upsets me because the athletes need to come first, not how much money is being uh, gathered by any particular show or promotion. And it's not all about that. Uh, it's about the athletes first, and it needs to be because everything else will fall in place. It won't be the entry fees anymore you'll be worried about. It'll be the big sponsors that you're getting and the big participants from the local community when it comes to press and marketing and all the other things that are invaluable to a promoter outside of an entry fee of an athlete uh, because that's where the sport really is going to grow, and that's where it's going to take off when we start looking outside the lines of, of what uh, 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 entry fee and organizational fee draws in. We have to give more back. And the only way that we're going to do that or demand that, guys, is if you get out there and you demand it from your promoters. And the only way to do that is don't support shows that don't give back in some way, shape, or form. And I get it on all levels. That's a little bit different. But the bigger shows out there, the shows that come around year after year but only produce the same product year after year and maybe start charging you more and giving you less, they need to be held accountable. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep, start the world on fire. Didn't I just say all the forest fires were done, or at least uh, rained out this weekend? I just started them back up in the strongman community. You're welcome. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, getting on with uh, my rant here. Uh, no, getting off a rant, because we're going to get on some real good stuff here, and I'm going to break this show up. As many of you know, I put this show out on uh, Insta or on Facebook, or not Facebook, Instagram, it's social media. I put this out on all listening platforms, um, and I also put it on YouTube. However, if you're listening to it on an either or YouTube or the listening platforms, I also break this show up in the segments so it's a little bit easier listening than just hearing me ramble on the entire time. Uh, so I'll break that portion up about uh, nationals, of course. Uh, then I'll break this portion up as well. So I'll dial it back for you and, and get a little more excited uh, in a less heated way about one of uh, my favorite uh, topics and of course is all you competitors out there when it comes to uh, competition and the excitement that most of us get or all of us should get from watching you guys compete and we're going to recognize you uh, and this is how we're going to recognize you as you know many of us have felt or at least the feedback that i've gotten was that rankings would be a good thing it would help foster along not only the sport but the athletes being recognized in the sport for the accomplishments and the great years they're having uh, it doesn't happen every year as we know strongman's very volatile when it comes to how well somebody performs year in and year out because it's a taxing sport that takes a lot out of you 
but some people have great years. They should be, uh, they should be talked about. And the best way to do that within our community is come up with a system that allows us to rank these athletes, so we can have these conversations uh, about these athletes when they're getting ready to compete, whether that's in a head-to-head -head competition at a big event, maybe a record breaker, something along those lines that we can recognize, uh, you know, our better athletes in the sport, and also give other athletes in the sport. Um, an opportunity to set some goals to make this, I hope, uh, at least someday, I hope you guys look at this and go, man, I want to make that top 10 someday. Because I hope this official strongman rankings becomes a part of our sport uh, that allows people to you know, put that on their goal list as well. Uh, because I hope that we can do something cool with these rankings someday that allow us to recognize you athletes even more through competition and uh, you know, paying you back, I guess, if we can come up with a way to do that uh, by an end of year rankings or end of year competition. But in the meantime, it gives all of us spectators as well an opportunity to follow you guys along, get to know you, and have some clue as to who we should be watching in the sport uh, so we can get more familiar with you and, uh, yeah, become fans. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, because like a lot of sports, I may not know a lot about college football, outside of my own bubble in the Great Lakes or the Big Ten community. But when I see the rankings come out, it gets my eyes on other teams I wouldn't generally look at because I'm curious about them now. And that's much uh, like what I want these rankings to do or all of us want these rankings to do for all of you guys out there. We want you to be able to look at them, have a conversation about them, get mad about them, you know, get fired up about people that you root for. Start a conversation, you know, create some you know, create some back and forth from this and give us some feedback too. Uh, because uh, this is something we want to, yeah, I get it. It's going to heat some people up, but we want it to be fun and we want it to be a part of this community moving forward because we can allow then our, our spectators to uh, see some names maybe they wouldn't see and become more familiar with them, become bigger fans of the sport and bigger fans of our athletes. Um, yeah, if, th if that made any sense to you. So here we go. So uh, our, we have a rankings group. Um, I think we'll announce that on our Instagram when uh, we start our rankings group on the Instagram, uh, which will be this week. So you guys are getting a sneak peek into these rankings. We're going to announce these people that are involved in this. Uh, so I'll hold that thought for now uh, because we have more people coming on board to make this group even bigger, to give us a more detailed look at who needs to be mentioned in these rankings. And, of course, mathematically, how they're put in there according to how they're ranked by each individual uh, AP polar, I guess, right? Or person that's being put in this place. And if you think there's guys or gals out there, by the way, that would make for good representatives in this group that we put together, uh, they don't need to know everything about the sport. Maybe, maybe just a lot about their demographic because we learn from one another as well. Um, yeah, have them get a hold of me because I think the more the merrier in this because it's going to give us a broader look at the community at large globally, and it's really going to allow us to narrow it down and uh, start a conversation about people that deserve the conversation to be started about. Um, so uh, we, this group, right, this rankings group, we spent the last couple weeks uh, dissecting a lot of competitions over the last uh, year, let's say. Um, not just OSC, but uh, Champions League and SCL and PSL and uh, Arnold and uh, the Nationals and Shaw Classic and uh, OSG and, you know, the bigger events that would – arguably have the best athletes at, right? Because if you're not competing at that level, then you can't really argue. It just means that you're not ready to compete at a high level or you're just dodging the competition, I guess. And you might be an outlier that deserves to be mentioned on this list, but you don't compete at a real high level. It's going to be hard to find you and it's going to be hard to make an argument for you because there is some head-to-head -head involved in this. There's finishing and placing in competition. Uh, where you're competing, of course, at what level in head-to-head -head part of that competition, where your finish is, but not necessarily any one is more important than the other. Uh, it's a combination of all those things because uh, as you'll see on this list or here on this list, there's going to be some strong women on the 64 list that you go, wait a minute, OSG, she was here, but she was here. We're not using one show to determine where these rankings need to be. And by default, in the past, we've always kind of used OSG as that. I think some of us would agree. When we see OSG rankings, we go, oh, well, uh, that's your top 10. That's how that should fall. But that's not necessarily true when we know that. Objectively, we need to look at it from all these different competitions uh, because it's about consistency. It's also about events, as we know. And we're not all great in every event in strong man or strong woman. Uh, so you shouldn't be penalized for that either. One year at OSG, you could be better than the next. Um, but you need it needs to be looked at constructively, and I think we did a good job doing that. 
Now, I will say for the top 10, I'm really dragging this out here, aren't I? What I'm saying here is for the top 10, um, we had little disparity in our top five. Uh, so I'll give you a, kind of a little behind the scenes of the way we were all talking about our 64s. 64s we felt like would be the one of the easier classes to rank with a uh, little argument, I think. Most of you guys would agree with us out there. However, what we discovered was after our top five, you could have took it out to top 15, top 20, and boy, it was tough. Uh, we really had to take a closer look at where these ladies fell, who they competed against, uh, what their current state was in competition, when they last competed, uh, and where they competed at. Uh, and it became a bit more tighter. I mean, when we did our mathematical calculations, there were four or five places out of like the six through 10 that were literally decided by less than like a point or two. And I'll, I'll make uh, a reference to that calculation once we nail it down exactly and tweak it, but I'll share it with you guys. And it's just based on averages really. But we found that many of these girls were within a point of one another. It was, a, it was crazy the way they were ranked. Um, so not a lot of disparity in the 64s. So that made it really tough to rank the 64s uh, outside of top five, outside of top three, four, really. At that point, it became very tough, um, tougher than I thought. So we went back and forth in our conversation. Guys would lobby certain women, and then we'd take a look at them, go, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We kind of move one or two around. One or two maybe have gotten pushed out. So I'm going to give you that top 10 list, and uh, I'll give you a couple notables as well. And uh, these these were honorable mentions, I guess, right? These were kind of women that we felt were kind of on the bubble, and there's probably a couple more than this. But I don't, again, I don't want to take it too far out. I think these were just some that were a part of that conversation that ended up kind of just being on the outside of this top ten. Okay, all right. So let's get on with the uh, actual rankings. Um, I know you guys are <laughs> you guys are like, come on, man, let's just do this. All right, all right, I got you, I got you. All right, so our our first. Uh, one, and I don't think anybody can argue this, uh, arguably the consensus number one in the world right now is Rhea, Rhea Lovelace. Uh, the second is Holly McRae. Uh, the third is Shannon Clifford. The fourth is Kira Rickson. Uh, the fifth is Kate McConley. Uh, the sixth is Taylor Woods. Uh, the seventh is Diana Juarez Ferrer. Uh, the eighth is Antonio Vereccia. Uh, the ninth is Carly Oliveira. And the tenth is uh, Panda. So, uh, that's our top 10. And uh, there might be, again, a bit towards the middle of that. Many of you are going to argue some placings, and we get that. Uh, but we felt like, according to our consensus, as well as kind of the math that we put behind it, uh, objectively and then subjectively, some of our thoughts about competition, head-to-head uh, -head and those type of things, uh, that's where our top 10 lies. Now, I will say, uh, there were a few names that made our top 10 that didn't make the official top 10. Uh, Wilson, Morrison, uh, Cold Iron, uh, Foganolo, uh, to name a few. Uh, that, again, that over the course of the next few weeks, including the 64 competition, we may see some of these names jockey around pretty quick. Um, so get ready for that competition. I mean, if there's any more reason to get your eyes on a contest, uh, that would be it uh, because these rankings now are going to lend some validity to where these girls, or at least some ideas as opposed to where we're going to see these girls uh, finish in the podium. Uh, I think we can all argue that Rhea is the odds-on favorite to win that show. It would be an upset by every stretch in the world if she didn't podium first of the show. No pressure on you, Rhea, at all. I mean, you got to get the job done. You know that. Everybody's always gunning for you. Uh, Holly, of course, uh, uh, as it should finish out, right, according to our rankings, uh, Rhea, Holly, uh, Kate, uh, Taylor, uh, and, uh, let's see, uh, Diana, um, Carly and Panda in that order, right? So all those women are competing in this competition. So by default, you would think if this was a perfect ranking system, we're going to see our top seven go in that order. Rhea, uh, Holly, Kate, Taylor, um, Diana, Carly, and Panda. Um, but we all know it's probably not the way it's going to play out. So immediately that competition is going to have some impact on the way our rankings are, but that's okay. That's what we want. We know our rankings are going to start to play themselves out over the course of this year, and these are going to be tighter and tighter. And I get it. There's always going to be a subjective nature to them. However, um, we're going to get a really objective look at them at that point as we approach kind of maybe uh, you know late November, December, that kind of thing when we come into the next season post World's Strongest Man the following year. So, um, yeah, there you guys go. There's your top 10 
U64 rankings. Our next um, ranking is going to be the U90s. And what better time to do the U90 than prior to the U90 Classic over there in St. Litham, or St. Litham, St. Anne over there in England, and that being Luke Davies' Chaos Promotion Show. Um, we have 30 of the best, minus a couple, and those will probably show up in our top 10, uh, best U90 guys on the planet. So however we put that ranking together, it is going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be that show that's really going to take that ranking and turn it upside down on its head. Uh, because we know that show is going to be contested, and the cream will rise to the top. So as subjective as our first rankings are, I would argue we're going to be further off on that initial list than we are on the 64 list, as many of you probably would agree. So that's our next one, the U90s. As far as the PSL event goes this weekend, I think I'll just let the rankings speak for themselves. You guys need to get on ADLpro.live. Uh, and do uh, your live stream. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's like 15 bucks or something. I don't know. I can't remember now. It's not much. I think you get a lot with that as far as discounting. They're doing a lot of promotions with this first live stream. Uh, so it's worth the penny you pay for it uh, in respect to uh, getting on and watching these girls and compete, uh, which is the most important thing when it comes to lending your opinion to our rankings. If you're not watching these ladies compete, then you're not lending really much opinion when it comes to where you think they should be based on performance. Because as we all know in strong women or strong men, uh, you can have the best show of your life and it could be one event that could take you off the podium. And we're going to recognize that when it comes to our rankings sometimes as well. And you need to be able to lend to that conversation. So we encourage you, and this is no promo for PSL or ADL Live. This is actually for the sport and the love of the sport and wanting to get to know these athletes. Get on the live stream, watch the U64 show, and lend your opinion and start the conversation about our rankings and these athletes because every one of them deserve to be recognized. So moving on. There you go. This is a ton of rambling today, guys. I, I might be in so much trouble for this show, by the way. <laughs> I, I give out the USS National stuff, and it's flipping a bunch of people on top of their head right now going, this guy's a freaking asshole. I probably will be banned from every USS show on the planet now. Oh, you know, crying my beer, I guess. But uh, <laughs> And then, of course, I lend a, a good opinion to the 64 ranking stuff. Yeah, uh, you guys probably don't like that much either. But listen, that's not all me, by the way. The U.S. 64 rankings, there's a bunch of guys involved in that. But that's where the consensus was, and that's where we ended up. The USS stuff, listen, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of guys. Uh, we talked to, in great a great extent uh, about what was there, what, what people were seeing, what people were saying. And I get it. It was a very heated uh, opinion and a very heated of review. Essentially, that's what a review is. And... Uh, you know, uh, nothing but love for the sport. But, you know, some things need to change and some things need to be recognized and they need to be talked about because if they're not talked about, they'll never change. So I'll leave you with that. Appreciate you guys joining the show today. Um, I will, uh, yeah, try to get back on right after 64s. We'll do more of a, a, a post show for that uh, next week. And, uh, of course, we'll have a lot to lend to these rankings by then as well. And we'll keep you kind of updated a bit on the 90s, a little bit more about Great Lakes, what he's got going on up there. George, I'm rooting for you with Traverse City. So uh, be sure to give me the good news so I can pass it on to everybody else. Uh, then, of course, uh, anything else you guys want to add, uh, throw my way, that kind of thing, please do. I'm always here for you. Uh, so, you know, stay fit, uh, stay tuned, uh, stay strong.